Hey guys, it's Melissa here. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so excited today because we have a very special guest with us. We have Dr. Jeannie Michelle. She is a relationship coach and she's so passionate about life and helping people really get to the essence of who they truly are. She does a lot of couples work and she really just helps people to open up and find their voice. So I cannot wait to talk to her today, jump in and hear about everything that she's doing to help others. So welcome again, if you're new especially, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for being here with us today, Jeannie. Thank you, Melissa. I'm excited to engage in this conversation with you and to see where we go with it. I love, you know, I love what you stand for. I love this, like this inner awakening and, and awakening into your awesomeness. I think it's a great topic and it's so needed this these days. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes. And I really love what you're doing too in helping people and especially the fact that you help a lot of couples because I know that this is an area where many people struggle is finding that relationship and finding balance there and being able to communicate effectively. But before you jump in and start telling us about what you do and how you help people, why don't you just give us a little introduction about who you are and how did you start doing what you do to help other people? Thank you for that. Okay, I will give you a brief synopsis. You know, when I was much younger, I always thought I wanted to be a teacher. And then, you know, the, the teaching profession, there were so many people in it. I ended up in the corporate world. So I have a very strong corporate background, which I love. And I learned a lot about myself in the corporate world. I got involved in training and human resources. And the thing I loved the most was the people aspect. And I did a lot of training for new supervisors. And I loved that. I love facilitating groups. So then I got the bug to go back to school and I went back to school and I got my master's and then ultimately got my doctorate while I was working. I found programs that I could do three days a month because I'm an immersion person. So I couldn't do school every other night or, and it worked out really well for me. And there came a point in time where I was finished with my doctorate, wrote my big long dissertation and it was time to jump, you know? And so it's like, okay, I say bye-bye to the corporate world where I had a company car, a little teeny piece of the profit. And, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, here I am, hire me, you know, and, it, you know, at that point in time, it was, I could do anything, you know, I mean, anybody that had a problem, it's like, okay, come to me, I can help you. And it was, it was, I laugh as I look back at myself at those times. And I ended up, you know, taking cookies into OBGYN's office because I thought, oh, I can start working with women, you know? And then one day, one of the OBGYNs actually called me and said, do you work with moms with postpartum depression? And I said, sure. And I didn't really know a lot about it. So I did a lot of research and it became a specialty of mine. And, you know, what, what, what so touched me is they're typically very strong women who have a career and all of a sudden they have this little baby and, you know, it, it's hard to adjust to something totally unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's some chemical things that can go on too, when you're giving birth, but it, like I said, it became a specialty. And then the husbands wanted to come in. They're like, I, I don't know how to help my wife. Something's going on. And from that, the couple's work was born. And I really fell in love with working with couples and, you know, being in that place where you help people witness each other. You know, when I'm going through a challenge, if I'm the wife, let's say, 
you know, and my husband is here and in, in, I help them hold the space for each other so that they both can learn to grow as individuals and as a couple. So that's kind of the quick version of how I got to be doing what I'm doing. I love that. And we were talking earlier before we actually started recording this podcast and you said something to me, you said, well, I love that what you do is being of service. And it sounds like that's very much how you found your passion and your purpose in life too, was just being of service to people to really help them. So I love that you talk about that and that that's what you were doing. So now it's kind of shifted for you. So you were working with women with postpartum depression and then started working with the men. So now you work with couples. Um, do you only work with couples or you work with other people as well? I work with um, men and women as individuals and I work with them as couples. Typically what people come in for to see me for um, is some kind of relational challenge. So either what you're in isn't working, someone's had an affair, you're getting ready to end a marriage, and, and how do you go through divorce in a way that you can get to the other side. Um, Catherine Woodward Thomas has this phrase that she's called conscious uncoupling. How can you do it in a way that does the least amount of damage and actually can be healthy? Now that doesn't mean you avoid and that doesn't mean you ignore because you're getting divorced for a reason, but when you work through those things, you can actually part ways in a way that ends up being healthy and, and cultivating a, a friendship afterwards, even though, again, there's challenges getting there. Um, but I love, again, the dynamic between two people. Um, sometimes men have come in and they've had affairs and I'm currently working on a book on infidelity. And, you know, the book is basically um, dedicated or, or, kind of uh, for men who've had affairs who want to get back together with their spouse or their partner. And what I found is, you know, we have this idea on, on someone that we would call a cheater and what that means. And when you really dive down deep, what I find is there's something missing that typically we are longing for that we end up seeing in another person. So we interpret it as that other person has this thing or is activating this thing in me when actually there's something going on inside. So I help people dive deeper into that. So I started working with more men. Um, and then, you know, women who have, you know, we started talking about this a little bit before we started the recording, who feel like they have lost their voice. And a lot of times I find in relationship women, generally speaking, tend to be the nurturers. Now, it's not 100% true that it's gender linked. And what happens when you feel like you don't know who you are anymore, because you've been so focused on your relationship? And how do you find yourself and get yourself back and really activate who you are in the world? You know, yeah. so, so that's the, the ways in which I feel that I can be of service. I love that because I, I wrote a book too um, called Beautifully Broken, and it was my story of surviving divorce and single motherhood from a toxic partner. And that's one of the things that I talked about in the book was that for me personally, I tended to become lost in a relationship because I would forget I was such a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make everyone happy that mm -hmm. I would forget who I was, and I would also not be happy. You know, I'd be so busy trying to make everyone else happy that I was miserable. Mm -hmm. 
And that was one of the things after I kept seeing the cycle of behavior, you know, like after you get rid of that guy, the next one comes along. Guess what? It's kind of it's the same person in a different body because you keep going through the same pattern of behavior and repeating the same thing over and over again until I finally said, okay, it's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's something that I need to change. Like I'm doing something to keep attracting this type of person. So I had to do the work on myself. So I totally see where you're coming from in that you help women find their voice Mm -hmm. and find themselves again, because I think so many of us, when we're moms or when we just get so busy with work or we totally lose ourselves. Mm -hmm. So how did you, you know, get to that place where you figured out that, you know, again, there's something broken and yet there's something not broken. Makes sense. You know, it feels broken, but then you have to get in touch with that deeper you, which is perfect, whole and complete. You know, that's, I would suggest that it's underneath the brokenness. Yeah, absolutely. So what did you, how how did you, you know, if you want to talk just a teeny bit, and you might've told your listeners about it before, but I'm wondering how you got in touch with that and then came into, it feels like you are powerfully standing in your own voice as you're doing these podcastings and interviewing people. I, so after a failed relationship, that was a six month relationship, I had this feeling of there's got to be more to life than this. And I don't think it was just about relationships for me. For me, it was, I call it a spiritual awakening where I felt like I was living the same day over and over again, and nothing was exciting. Nothing was special. I didn't really feel like I enjoyed doing my job anymore. And I, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that the way I was living was just existing, um, just surviving basically. So I decided to figure out why I kept doing the same thing over and over again. Why was I making the same mistakes over and over again? And that led me, I started with the relationship part and that led me to a course on relationships, which I took. And then that led me to finding a spiritual teacher and following that work and then getting into healing work, realizing that, oh, I had these healing abilities I didn't know I had and that I was interested in helping people. So that led to like writing the book, doing the podcast, like all of that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a, it was an aha moment of waking up and going, this can't be why I'm here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There has to be more to life than this. You know, and I love that. I love that you know, at the depth, at the core is that spiritual connection, you know, in, in, in whatever way it shows up, you know, I don't think there's one way, you know, of being spiritual. There's so many different avenues. And yet at the core, that's that sense to me, there's that sense of spiritual wisdom that we each again have inside. And I believe there's something greater as well. And it's kind of, it's getting in touch with both of those and seeing how it lands inside of you. And that sounds like that's what happened to you as well. And then that allowing that to inform you, you know, kind of opening and surrendering into your own wisdom, you know, and then out of that for you came a book and came the work that you're doing and the healing work that you're doing as well, which is so beautiful, Melissa. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people who they get to that point and they start going within instead of looking outside everywhere else to find what's really going on. Mm -hmm. So many people 
really discover who they truly are. And what a lot of people discover is what makes them happiest is when they're able to be of service to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And it's a tricky thing. There's kind of an edge there where you're being of service, but you're not doing it without taking care of yourself. Because if you go far in so far into, as you said, the people pleasing, it's more of a codependent kind of a thing that you, you get fed because you are doing something for someone else. But when you can figure out and discover and continue, it's dynamic. It's not static. It's not like, oh, I've discovered me and here I am and I've got it. Yeah. If you, when you can sit in that place where you continue to be curious and discover and serve others and continue your own self-growth, to me, that's just that that's the sweet spot spot because mm -hmm. it's not doing it through neglecting yourself and I think that's where particularly as women we can get uh, kind of confused because helping feels good and and being seen for helping feels good and yet we're also important too to go on your own journey and, and you know in touch with your teachers and discover and do whatever it is that pleases Melissa brings more to the table you know yeah. Than if you're just about, you know, being a service. Yeah. I love the whole idea of tapping into what really makes you happy and finding your true passions. Um, for me, I mean, I've always known I love to travel, but that really was a passion for me was I want to be able to travel all over the world. And so I want to make sure that I'm living a lifestyle where that's a possibility because I don't want to put that on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love to travel as well, you know, and, and I think there's something that we learn about ourselves, especially I took a, a trip to France where I went all by myself, you know, and I booked Airbnbs along the way. And when I first landed, it was just like, my heart was racing. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm actually here in France by myself. <laughs> I'm okay you know, but, but that, that first getting off the plane and then being in the airport and then having these delicious croissants with chocolate in them. And just, you know, I thought, take your time, just walk around the airport. You don't have to be in a rush to get to the next place. It's like really appreciating the moments and the people I met along the way, especially doing Airbnbs, because a lot of times, you know, one woman had this apartment complex and she had, you know, three tenants that she, you know, does through Airbnbs and, just, you know, going into Paris. And uh, I mean, it was just such a grand adventure that I did for me. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think that that is one thing when you're mentioning somebody finding their passion, finding their voice, that takes a lot of courage. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't ever invest in themselves because they're afraid of like, oh, if I take that trip to Paris, and then I don't speak the language and I get there and I get lost and then what would happen or if this happens and they always go to that trying to think of the worst case scenario mm -hmm. and the overthinking and the anxiety keeps them from truly living life. Yes. And, and it's that like that old saying, wherever you go, there you are. Yes, I went there. And yes, I got lost. You know, I took the trains, the underground trains in Paris. And at first I was terrified. I'm used to driving a car, you know, and it's like, what? What happens and and I, I speak un petit peu francais which is just a little teeny bit and so you know I had to try to communicate with people when you know it looked like the train was going this way but I think it was supposed to go this way but then you in a moment there could even be tears it's like oh my god what am I doing but then it's like you regroup 
you ground yourself and someone comes along to help. I had someone that, you know, was wheeling my bag for me, someone that was pointing me in the direction. And there's something about traveling by yourself that opens you up, I find, in a way that's different if even, you know, I've done trips with friends too, but because you, you tend to connect more with the people there because you don't have anyone right alongside of you to help you problem solve. And yeah. people show up. They really do. And it's trusting and it's getting through that. Like you said, you know, instead of being in that place of comfort and complacency, you grow because, you know, you either sit there on the curb and, and cry and spend your whole, not, whole vacation sitting right there and not going anywhere, or you figure it out. And if you're late, you're late, you know, and you, but then I think it helps, um, it helps your self-trust and self-confidence as you do that too. Absolutely. I mean, I find that a lot of whenever something scares me, I've said this a lot, then I know I have to do it because if I do it and I fail, well, I've learned something, but if I do it and I succeed, then it boosts my confidence and my ability to trust myself because I, you know, said to myself, you're going to do this. I make the decision and then I do it. And it's like, look, this worked out really well. And even when you quote unquote fail, they're still learning. I mean, you know, somebody said, I think it might be Simon Sinek. I'm not sure that, you know, fail fast, you know, yeah. put yourself in and, and then you fail and then you learn. And then, and then it's like, you know, I think it was Einstein. No, it wasn't Einstein. It was um, Edison who created the light bulb. You know, he tried 100 ways to make the light bulb work until he found, and each one of those things he learned from. So I think to be able to reflect on that and say, oh, didn't quite go the way I thought it would. Oh, okay. What did I learn from that? And what can I take into it again? And not let the failure stop you from trying it again or from putting yourself out there, from leaning into it and seeing how things open up for you. Yeah, I love that because if you never try anything and you never step outside that comfort zone, then, you know, you never know what you could have been or what life could have been for you because um, personally, I've had students before that I've taken them to Europe and they've never traveled outside of their state even. And then we go to Europe and they're like, oh my gosh, this was amazing and I can't wait to travel more. I wanna go here and there. And so it kind of lights and ignites a passion within them. And if they would have, been too afraid to try it or to go anywhere or their parents would have been too afraid to let them go never would have had that experience mm -hmm. and to me you cannot grow from inside that comfort zone there's just nowhere to go from there so you have to take risks sometimes and i know you work with women and and men also to help them find their voice how do you what do you do with them how do you work with them to really help them learn how to find themselves again and trust themselves? Thank you, great question. You know, I think this is gonna sound really simple. There's two things. One is I create a really safe space for them to be, do, say, whatever is inside of them. You know, I say, this is, this is a safety zone because sometimes people say, oh, I shouldn't say that because then it might happen. It's like, no, this is the safety zone. You can say whatever you need to say. And, and I listen to their stories and we find the threads that run through things. Okay, this is happening right now. 
where has this happened before? And, and as I work with people, we can see the patterns emerging right then in whatever's going on in their world, whether it's you know in their personal relationship, their relationship with parents, siblings, friends, and then we track it back and, and, and we look at, okay, this is occurring again. Hmm, what does that mean? What's going on here? And then another thing, I really genuinely love the people I work with. I would say 95% of them. And I think there's something in being loved and accepted by someone who holds an open space for you that allows you to transform. You know, we have to be able, Melissa, and I'm, I'm imagining you went through this too as you were going through your transformation. We have to be able to talk about and, and, and cry over and feel the things that don't feel so good. Get in touch with our shadow side. It, it, you know, there, there's this thing, there's this new, you know, thought kind of philosophy. Just say it's good and it'll be good and just put it out there, law of attraction. And there is some truth to being able to see things positively, you know, that does have an influence. And there also is a truth about unlocking what's going on that is making you sad, that's making you depressed, that that's showing up, you know, that's ruminating in your mind to be able to unlock it. And quite often I find that there is a reason you've developed this pattern. You know, maybe when you were five years old, it actually supported you because you were in an environment where you needed to be the tough one or you needed to, you know, not cry because if you got cries, if you cried, somebody would, you know, maybe spank you or something. So we develop these things, but then when you get older, you see where it comes from and, and you can grieve, you know, the loss of something that, that it would have been nice if it would have been different. And then you stand into owning the choices that you're making now. What do I want to choose? Like you said, you got to the place where you're like, okay, what's the common denominator here? Hmm, it's me and it's choices I'm making. How can I go in deeper and look at that? And then you started to look at it and then you went even deeper and got in touch with that spiritual side of you. You know, and I think for me, it's a sacred space to be able to hold a container for somebody to discover that in themselves. That was a big, long, huge answer. But, you know. <laughs> I love that though. I, that's so true. And when I work with coaching clients too, I do a very similar thing. It's like, you've got to go back and find those stories mm -hmm. that you're telling yourself that, you know, I have to be this way, or this has to be that way before you can make changes because you have to identify mm -hmm. The behavior like what am i doing consistently mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. generating this result because you know that old saying that what insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results but if you don't go back and figure out why you're doing what you're doing or how that started mm -hmm. then it, it's harder to fix it to change it mm -hmm. um, because you become aware of okay this is what i've been doing and this is why i've been doing it how can i do this differently next time. So I love that you do that with people. I think that's such a great process. Thank you. And it really is a moment by moment choice. So once you go back and you discover it, and then it's like, oh, okay. Then each and every moment gives you an opportunity to choose again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, we think it's going to be this big grand choice that we make. Yes, there's some of those too, like taking a big trip by yourself, of course, but 
moment by moment, how am I treating you and how am I self? You know, sometimes, and I'm imagining, I would see you reflecting on this too, when you work with somebody and, you know, they, they, they just kind of keep beating themselves up, you know, I, I say, what if this were your friend? What would you say to her? How, how would you tell her to deal with it? And we tend to be much kinder to our friends and much more tolerant and patient than we are with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the first things that people really need to understand is when you're doing that kind of work, it's important to look back at things, but not with shame. Beautiful. Yes. 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 And if you feel that shame for a moment, because we, we all have things that I, unless you're so narcissistic that you can't see it, but we all have things that we wish that we might've done differently. And we all experience that shame to so to be able to be present with it, feel it, and then kind of give yourself a hug or give yourself a break from it. It's like you realizing that you did the best you could with what you knew at the time and, and forgiving yourself. And, and being kind so that you can unlock the shame and it doesn't have to be something you carry around in that backpack with you all the time that you can really let it go, you know, yeah. and not be a victim to it, not be a victim to what happened, feel it, acknowledge it. And then I think you can kind of release it and, and teach yourself that, okay, well, this helped me here. What's a new behavior? What's kind of something new I can do that helps move me forward now from where I am now with what I know now. And then you just keep doing that as you, I think life is a, you know, it's a lifelong journey of learning. It is, know? it is. And it's, I always say, <clears throat> you can do the work, but it's not a one and done kind of thing. You have to continuously do the work because other things come up as you heal certain things, more things come up. But I think the biggest problem with a lot of people trying to do the work is they get stuck in the victim mentality and it isn't fair my parents were this way my parents were that way so it's not my fault that i'm this way and i think a lot of people get stuck there and instead of actually doing the work so that you behave differently a lot of people will put up walls and they don't let people in and they're like well this is just how i am because as a child, this happened to me. And so I have to be this way. I have to protect myself. But if you're doing the work and you're really working on the things, we shouldn't be putting up more walls. Like we should be communicating more and, you know, reaching out to people more. So how do you help people with that? Because I've, I've seen that a lot of people just wanting to completely like shut down because they're the victim and, you know, it's everyone else's fault. Well, when people, so there's the fight flight or freeze impulse we have inside of us. And when people put up the wall, to me, that's kind of like, it, it, it's like the freeze, you know, you're, 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 you're moving away. You're, it really comes from a place of fear. I don't want to risk that again. I don't want to get out of my comfort zone because I might be hurt. So people put up, you know, those walls or create that distance because we're so afraid. There's a helicopter going over right now. I don't know if you can hear it or not. I don't hear it on my end. You don't hear it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I can hear it, but I'm glad you guys can't. So we put up those walls and we pull away and we become avoidant because we're afraid of what's underneath that. So what, you know, how I work with people is if I'm working with someone in a couple, 
I encourage them again to take small steps. You know, here you are, Joe, and you're seeing Sue and she's putting up this wall. Well, what do you need or what do you think you can do to, to kind of help her with that gently? And Sue, what's a step you can take that you can, you know, just open up a little. Sometimes we have to take little baby steps. And I think when I'm working with two people together, then they start to, we, they, we start to engage in the dance differently. If it's an individual, it's the same thing. What's a small step that you can take to, you know, to take a little bit of a risk and you do it with someone safe first. You know, we have people in our world that, that we have sometimes a really big challenge with. You start out with somebody safer and you start taking those steps and you start opening up a little bit more and, and being a little bit more authentic and talking to somebody about the challenge that you have that you can trust. And then together, I think we're entering an age of partnership. It really is about in relation to someone else I learn about myself. Now, that was a whole long answer to your question. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it made total sense. And I love that. And especially talking about the couples and how you work with them, because it's true. I think you do have to offer something that allows a person to feel safe, feel like they can be safe. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for um, talking about that. And you were, we were talking earlier before we started recording the podcast that you have a new system that you do with people um, that includes uh, Mother Mary. So I would love to hear you talk more about that. You talked about creating rituals which sounds so interesting. And I would love for you to share that with us and what that is about and, and what it entails. Thank you. I have this ritual that I have. I, I think women in particular love ritual. I think there's something that's transformative in a ritual that occurs differently than just using words. So I have this ritual called the anointing thing. And, you know, whoever's interested, if you enter your information in, I will, um, I can give you the link at the end. Um, I have a little video that walks you through it, but it's a really beautiful way of seeing one another and being seen. So you, you know, you'll get some kind of little anointing oil and you go back and forth and you anoint, as you say, a blessing, different parts of the person's body, like your heart and your head and your wisdom. And it's just, I've done it in women's circles and I've done it one-on-one -on -one with people. And it's a really beautiful way to open up to the sacred that we were talking about earlier that lives inside. So I'm happy to share that with your listeners. Yeah, I love that. I will drop the link for it. Um, you'll send that to me and I'll drop it in the show notes so people can just click on it and go right there. Um, and what was it called again? The Anointing and the Blessing. Okay, good. The Anointing and the Blessing. I love that. No, I love the... Um, the idea of really blessing every part of you. I think that is so uh, awesome. And really it reminds us that we are sacred beings. Mm -hmm. We should be loved, especially by ourselves mm -hmm. and that it's okay to honor ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what I love in this ritual too, is you each get to get, you do, you are the anointer. And then when you're all finished doing that, then you are the one who's anointed. And so you switch roles. And it's really a beautiful way 
to get in touch with something deeper inside of you. And I think that I, I, I don't think we do enough to bless one another and to get in touch with, again, that sacred part of ourselves and to witness that sacred part of someone else. Yeah, that's why I really, really love that idea too, because it's just, it feels very much like you're equally giving and taking, but you get mm -hmm. so much out of that. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people do like doing the rituals and um, it's kind of a combining of spirituality with also, um, for me, it feels like the self-confidence building and that, you know, self-love that too, which goes into self-care. So mm -hmm. it's like self-care and spirituality meet in the middle. And I love that. I love that too. And I want to tag onto something you just said, which is just so powerful about these conversations because it sparks curiosity and ideas in each of us. You mentioned the idea of giving and receiving, you know, which is powerful. I think as women, again, we don't allow ourselves to fully receive. Oh, you look really great. Today. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, but to be able to pause and because giving and receiving is a whole feedback loop. So when we don't receive well, the giver doesn't get the blessing of being able to give. And when you can really say, wow, thank you. I really appreciate that. Then that, then that, that opens up that reciprocity and the giver is able to feel, wow, I did something really, he or she really liked that. And I think just a great reminder to ourselves to be able to receive well, when someone offers you something to receive it you know, with, with a lot of joy and thanksgiving and allow, open your heart to receiving. And I think there's something powerful in that too. Yeah. I love that because you never know you're allowing someone else to fulfill yes. that need of giving to others and being of service to others. And when we don't accept it, then, you know, we're denying them that right to be able to also be of service and to give. So I love that you brought that up. That's a good point. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So if people are looking to maybe find a coach to work with, or, you know, if we have couples out there, maybe you're having difficulty, what's the best way for them to work with you or to follow you? Thank you. Well, my website is entitled living and loving courageously you know, because I think that that to me is, it is what life is. So living and loving courageously. So that's one way I have an Instagram account, which I can give you a link to as well. And if they want to email me, they can do it. Um, let me give you, I have several email address. How about this one? Dr. Jeannie at outlook.com. And that's spelled D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E -E at outlook. That's the easiest one probably to get to. And, and I'm happy to answer any questions if anyone has any curiosities or if someone does, you know, go in and look at and, and download the anointing and blessing. If you have any, you know, experiences that you have with that, I'd love to hear about it. Awesome. And I will have all of that information in the show notes too. So our audience can get there easily, especially if you're driving, you don't have to worry about trying to write anything down right now. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I like to do is before we leave, I like to ask our guests to leave our audience with some words of wisdom for the day. So mm -hmm. I'm asking that of you. I think I'm going to go back to what I just shared it in that allow yourself to you know, open your heart to receiving well. And that doesn't just mean receiving gifts. 
It means receiving another person. You know, I think when we can look at the person in front of us, you know, just like what you and I are doing right here, right now, and we can receive one another. I mean, I feel a very heart opening connection with you, you know, and that I receive what you're saying and I receive your words and, you know, and then I offer, you know, some ideas back to you. So I think it's just, you know, allow yourself to receive, you know, and know that you're a blessing. I love that. Thank you so much for those beautiful words of wisdom and also for sharing all of your insight with us today. I appreciate it so much. Oh, thank you, Melissa. I've so enjoyed this. It was just a great flow back and forth and seemed like it went, it went really fast. So thank you for, you know, inviting me onto your podcast and sharing some of your journey with me, you know, as we were doing this talk as well. Yes, thank you. And thank you guys so much, all of you out there listening to us. I really appreciate each and every one of you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. Of course, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to recommend this podcast to those who might need it. And I want to also remind you that if you like this podcast, you can listen to it five days a week if you join me over on Patreon. In fact, you will see videos of the interviews that I do with my guests. If you are a Patreon member, you have to be a member of the all-inclusive tier, but that includes the videos of our podcast guests, which is a lot of fun to see us in action. Um, you can follow me on social media. And also, if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. You'll see all the services I offer, and you can even book a free discovery call with me. All right, guys. Well, as always, I am sending you so much love and light, and I hope you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye, guys. Bye.